Rising Champions, a podcast about the mental side of sports, featuring inspirational interviews with young rising athletes about their quest to win their personal championships. Hosted by Dr. Jason Novetsky of Champion Mindset Group, alongside radio personality Kyle Bogie. All right, another edition of the Rising Champions podcast. Kyle Bogey, Dr. Jason Nevetsky of the Champion Mindset Group. And uh, Doc, uh, a fascinating conversation. Honestly, uh, it probably could have gone on, you know, for 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, Josh Danielowski, uh, you know, a, a local hockey player playing here uh, at CompuWare, formerly, you know, used to be the home of the uh, the Plymouth Whalers, where right. I would go and watch some games, and there'd usually be about nine fights per evening, but uh, they've, they've transitioned away from that a little bit. It's the home of uh, the, the U.S. Olympic uh, development team, if I'm not mistaken, uh, right. for hockey. So um, exciting stuff, and, and obviously, you know, the – the way that Josh kind of grew up around hockey, um, but didn't pick up hockey until late. It, it, it really is an interesting story to kind of see where he's come in such a short period of time, really yeah. like four or five years. I mean, that's, that's remarkable because that doesn't happen for a lot of kids. Yeah, I think that is remarkable. And it shows that it can be done in multiple different ways. Uh, so often today, you know, we get these kids on the ice at two years old and then they start doing the learn to skate and the house leagues and the travel leagues and work their way up. And, and here's a kid that played multiple sports growing up, uh, loved hockey, grew up in a good hockey town in Pittsburgh or in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area there. And, um, you know, uh, jumped into hockey really late, but with hard work, determination, and then some mental coaching down the road, you know, has really got a great career going and we hope to see some, uh, amazing things for him in the future. The, uh, we'll get to the conversation here in, in just a second, but one of the things that, that really struck me that Josh said was how small of a world um, hockey is. And, you know, he can remember being 13 years of age and his family was a billet family in Pennsylvania. And then subsequently when he came here to Michigan, all of a sudden he needed a billet family and that same family, you know, stepped up, uh, you know, just kind of in a role of, of reversal. And mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with how hockey works, a billet family is essentially just a host family right. uh, for a, a young man or, or woman who's playing um, in a different state and they just need a place to stay. And uh, it really is a cool thing. If you haven't you know seen or read anything about it, look into it because it's, it's fascinating to watch, but um, it's not just a small world in hockey. It's a small world in general. And I, I had multiple conversations just in this past week with, with some, you know, uh, clients and, and just super successful people who have, have just told me stories about somebody that they knew in college that was a couple years younger than them. And, you know, they ended up being decent to each other. And, you know, 20 years later, all of a sudden one is their boss and, or their, yeah. you know, their supervisor or something. And, you know, it, it's just funny, you know, thinking back when you're 18, 19 years old, if you're a jerk or, you know, you do something wrong to someone, it, it could always come back around. One bad decision can always come back around at a time when maybe you just don't realize it. And it's so important to just be as authentic and real and honest um, as possible because you never know when it's going to come back around. That's really well said, Kyle. There's not much more I could say that other than, than <laughs> don't, don't burn any bridges in your life, right? Because you never know, uh, you know, those people that uh, could be in your future and could be very instrumental in your path to your success. So and that's really well said. I, I just, in a quick story for me, I, you know, I went to, uh, to high school with a, you know, a couple of guys, they were literally a couple of years younger than me. And, you know, fast forward now, 
13, 14 years. And here we are, we're, we're business partners in, in some sort of way. And I just think back to, you know, I could have been, they were sophomores or, or freshmen when I was a senior, I, I could have been, a, you know, terrible to them and thought I was hot stuff. Wasn't, we were cool. We always knew each other. I knew their older siblings. And, you know, now we, we ended up being comfortable, comfortable enough to do business together. And I, you know, that, that's something that shouldn't be lost on young people. Um, and, and you should really think about moving forward, but uh, Josh, a, a tremendous conversation. And I, I think you guys will enjoy it. Honestly, outside of, he is a Penguins fan. So if you are a Wings <laughs> fan or you're listening here in the state of Michigan, if you can forget that, it's a great conversation uh, with Josh Danielowski. I hope you guys enjoy it here on the Rising Champions podcast. And by the way, uh, this interview, as always, brought to you by Brand25 Media. If you are looking for digital marketing, you're a small business that just simply needs to get online. It's as important as ever. Uh, you can go to brand25media.com or simply email Kyle or Mike at brand25media.com as well. All right. So Josh, obviously it has been a, a wild year, you know, obviously across the world, but just in general, you know, if you're an athlete uh, out there. So I guess, you know, we'll, we'll just lead off with, has this been the weirdest year for you as far as being an athlete, uh, you know, is concerned because of everything that has gone on? And I guess, how have you gone about handling it from a, a mental and physical standpoint? Man, it's been, uh, it's been interesting and not to, you know, Obviously, I'm in a privileged position, and there are a lot of people going through a lot worse than what I am, but it's been tough. Uh, we're actually, we, we uh, got word that we're shut down for a week um, starting on Thursday night because um, we flew last weekend, and we have a, have a guy who got, uh, you know, caught COVID. So it's been a roller coaster. It's been up and down. Um, and really, the, the one thing I've been telling myself is, just got to stay focused because it's not going to last forever. And, um, you know, all you can, you, you, you can control what you do. You can't control what happens. You can't control what other people are going to do, but, you know, throughout, throughout our shutdowns and, you know, when we've had to pause because we have a case on the team, um, barring I'm not the one with the case. Um, I've been able to continue training um, working out, you know, staying on the ice where I can. And, um, you know, that's been the big thing is just, you know, improving myself uh, off the ice away from the team um, and staying focused on the end goal, which is, you know, not only the end of this year um, in the state tournament and hopefully the national championship, but also, you know, my development and, and getting to the next level hmm. uh, coming up next year. Yeah, it, it, it had to be a big adjustment to handle COVID and all the shutdowns. So it sounds like you have a good perspective on that. Uh, so that's really good to hear. So Josh, uh, something that's interesting, you know, for you, uh, not necessarily too new, too unique for a hockey player to be able to travel and, and come from different places, but your story's a little different. Why don't you give us a heads up on kind of when hockey started for you and how it's different and all the travels and tribulations that you've had in your career so far? Yeah. So, um, so hockey wasn't something that was in my family. I didn't get on skates at six months. I, you know, I didn't even start actually skating. The first time I ever skated was, uh, before one of my father's men's league games. Uh, I was five years old and I cried almost the entire time. Uh, he <laughs> took me out there for less than five minutes, took my skates off and said, guess not, guess hockey isn't for this guy. Um, at the time I was playing, I, I, I kind of tried everything. I tried soccer uh, didn't really enjoy that. I tried baseball and I actually stuck with that through, uh, 
through my freshman year in high school. Um, and then I was a golfer. I, I golfed. Mm. Um, that was actually the one sport that I did enjoy. I would go out with my father and grandfather. Um, I'd tee off from about a hundred yards with the driver and a pitching wedge and just kind of whack the ball around down in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. So, uh, nice. you know, um, I skated for the first time at eight. I skated on a pond near my house. I had, uh, some buddies from school who actually hockey is not big in our area, but they did have brothers who played. And so I went out there and, and I, I learned to skate outdoors. Um, I, I was playing pond hockey during the winters. And then, um, I actually ended up, my father started building a rink. Um, he hmm. built it for let's say six, six years, six or seven years. Um, and that's where I learned to skate. I, I learned to, you know, learn my stride. I spent, spent countless hours trying to learn how to stop. Um, <laughs> and that all kind of happened outdoors. I, it wasn't until I was 13 when I actually started playing organized hockey with. Wow. Team. That's very late. Yeah. So, um, my first year I ended up playing, uh, in, in Wilkes-Barre Scranton, Pennsylvania for uh, a team called the Wilkes-Barre Scranton junior pens. I played Bantam B my first year. So we actually don't have, out here in Michigan, we have U13, U14, right. U15, U16. We just had U14 and U16 because we wouldn't be able to put teams on the ice at, you know, if we separated those two age groups apart. Hmm. So uh, I played Bantam B my first year. Uh, the next year I, I progressed to Bantam A, and we actually won, we won our district, the Atlantic District, um, that year at Bantam A. Unfortunately for the, uh, the A level and below, they don't have a national. So we, we didn't have the chance to end up going to nationals, but we went as far as we could that season. So that's interesting. Um, I mean, I know you got more to t say about it, but I think it's fascinating that you started so late. I yeah. mean, cause that's not tr the traditional path these days for these kids. No, no, definitely not. Uh, I, I mean, the only, the only skill development I had up until that point when I started skating was, uh, uh, it, couple different names for it mini sticks knee hockey uh, in my basement i actually i was i was an avid watcher of hockey my father okay. and his father before him were rangers fans mm. um i ended up starting watching hockey you know when i was younger my dad was a rangers fan i actually ended up becoming a penguins fan so we have some uh <laughs> you know some differences there but uh over you know especially summers we would get together um all of my cousins are actually close to 10 years older than me, but they were all also Penguins fans. Um, so they would come over and we would watch the, the NHL playoffs and, you know, 08, 09 or the two years where the Pens went really far. Uh, so we, you know, we spent almost the whole Josh, summer. Josh, on. I, I got to cut you off right there. We're, we're done with this podcast. Okay. You just brought up 09. The wings should have been able to close <laughs> that out in seven games. That's it. Doc, I can't believe this. This guy's mentioned the penguins like four times. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I always, I, I joke with all my buddies out here that, uh, you know, we're, we're living in the town of uh, some, some pretty tough sports teams. So I'm, you know, I'm coming off the Penguins 16-17 back-to-back. They've had success all my life. So, honestly, these past couple of years have been rough for me because they're not oh. having as much, as much success as they had. But, yeah. For sure, yeah. But, yeah, those years going, uh, especially, like I said, 08-09, when they made it to the finals, we would uh, we'd watch the games. And then during intermission, we got a, you know, a nice, nice big basement, and we'd play knee hockey. And we'd play yeah, for, for yeah. whatever the, the 18 minutes of intermission, we'd play knee hockey games and then we'd stop and we'd go over and, and watch the next period and then play some more. And, uh, 
I, I've got the, the, uh, the, the scars on the knees to show them. <laughs> right. Man, I, I could not do it at, at the point I'm at now. I don't know how I did it when I was young, but I, I remember my cousins and my dad complaining about their knees and I was like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. Yeah, and, and, and now I'm starting to see where they were coming from. But um, right. it, it's funny though, you, you know, just to you know mention that because it sounds like literally my childhood is what you're describing, except I was here in Detroit because I was what seven, you know, eight when the Red Wings won in '97, and then of course back to back '98, oh one, oh you know, oh two, you know, where they were okay, and then of course they won again in '08 before getting uh, cheated in 2009. But um, <laughs> it, it's fascinating because I, I would play mini sticks as well, you know, albeit in the '90s and not not necessarily in the 2000s. But um, it, what is that kind of where I guess the itch for to pursue hockey and to give the ice another try, maybe even kind of came from was just watching and, and seeing that success and the mini state, just kind of a culmination, if you will. Yeah, I, I would say actually definitely without a doubt, as I got older, I got more into it. I would, I, you know, I followed the penguins a little bit more. Um, obviously as a little kid growing up, you know, I had, I had my idols. Um, I can remember uh, and it's, it's a goal that uh, I'll, I'll always remember uh, Evgeny Malkin playing the Canes in, oh, I forgot what year it was, but it was uh, it was a whiteout game in Pittsburgh, and it was one of the one of the coolest goals I had ever seen. Um, he, he comes around the net and and just roofs it, and there's no space up in the top short side corner, and he roofs it. And I I, I reenacted that goal a billion times in my basement. I was like going nuts. I was like, it's a crazy goal, and I would do it myself. I'd, I'd you know run on my knees around the net and then roof it backhand. And I thought I was uh, Evgeny Malkin. And then obviously, I mean, Crosby's a big one for me, um, yep. you know, as, as, and Please. honestly, as any other, you know, young, young hockey player should, he's a, he's an incredible role model and a guy to watch. Yeah. That sounds uh, like yeah, you had a lot of great role models to, to emulate, you know, obviously growing up in that area and then coming to Detroit eventually and knowing the history here as well. So tell us, talk about that, what you're doing right now. You're playing for CompuWare. What's the situation there? Obviously you got the shutdown here for a week, but talk about the competition level over here at CompuWare. Well, it's, uh, it's night and day. It's uh, after, you know, after I finished up hockey in uh, Wolfsbear, I, I ended up playing my first year U16, and I also went to a prep school. Uh, and that was mostly as, as a sophomore. I was playing with a lot of juniors, seniors, and, and post-grads. So I was getting experience practicing with a, you know, a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next year was my first year of AAA, my second year of 16s. Um, and then that summer, I was, I was starting to try out for junior camps. I had actually done it the year before I did two camps we had a local team in Wilkes-Barre, which actually is a big part of why I, I started branching out. And then um, I, there, there was a camp in Philly that I went to. Um, and my second year at that camp in Philly for the uh, Amarillo Bulls, I, uh, I did pretty well. Um, you know, I'd, I'd come off a, a bit of a rough season and um, I went out there and, you know, as a younger guy, I, I was kind of fearless. You know, I was there to get experience, play against better talent, and, um, you know, show, show what I could do. And hopefully the next year I would, you know, show that I had improved from that. But, um, you know, going into that year, um, or going into that camp rather, uh, like I said, I went in fearless and, and I actually did pretty well. I was one of the, one of the last cuts. And when I went up to talk to the coach, um, he suggested that I end up, you know, 
moving away from home, finding a, finding a, a good team to play for. Wow. And he had a connection with the coach of copywriter, and that's how I ended up here. Gotcha. Um, and it is, it really is night and day. It's, it, hockey is at so much, it, it's such a high level. Uh, you know, everyone's good. It's, it's really a good competition. Um, practices are almost in a sense more competitive than some of the games. Wow. You know, we, we, we practice really hard and it's, it's something that it, it gets us ready. It gets us ready for the games, but almost in a sense, we're over-prepared. You know, we're, mm. we're practicing a hundred percent four days a week. Um, and you know, we're, we're really prepared when we get into games. Uh, so it's interesting you, you say that about how everybody's good, right? I mean, when you yeah. get to this level, everybody's really good. So that brings up, you know, what's the separator, you know, cause everybody's working hard. Everybody has access to the coaching and good equipment and trainers and things like that. In your opinion, what, what separates the guys that are really good? Um, I mean, with, it's a couple things. I think one is, is hard work. I think, um, you know, that, that's what separates guys. It's the guys that want to work, that want to put in the extra time, mm-hmm. um, you know, that want to stay on the ice late, that want to, you know, go the extra mile. Um, and then I think another thing is um, how I, how I came to meet you is, is the mental game. I think it's uh, especially this year, it's very important to have a, have a good head on your shoulders because like a lot of people say, you know, a majority of, of any sport really, but hockey's one of them uh, is mental actually as a, as a golfer, that was one thing I struggled with a lot. And just ask Kyle. <laughs> Gol- golfer Kyle. Oh, big time. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And trust that me, was... You hit a bad shot. It's very difficult for me to move on from that. Okay. We'll just say that. <laughs> Still oh, working I am, with them. <laughs> I, I am exactly the same way, man. I, I know exactly how you feel, but, um, but yeah, that was one thing I struggled with in golf um, a little bit in baseball too. I was uh, I was a pretty good fielder, but batting I was uh, <clears throat> that that got to my head, and then I started you know I started to have some some issues with hockey, and um, you know I was I was the kid who did the extra stuff, you know who went the extra mile, who put in the extra work, and so I really wasn't sure why you know why I was having struggles, and I, mm-hmm. I think a big part of that was was my mental game, and that's something that I've improved on this year for sure, and I I know it's going to benefit me and, you know, in the short term and the long run. So for sure. Would you say that, you know, just because you were such a, I don't want to say late bloomer, but just a late starter, I really think is really what it was that as soon as you figured out the skating component and got over that and learn how to stop, you know, like you alluded to, was it pretty natural for you to just kind of pick up the game and get moving, you know, with hockey um, as opposed to, you know, with some athletes, we'll ask him the question, you know, was there a point where you knew that you, you were going to be pretty good or that you might have a future in this? To me, it seems like once you got the skating down, everything just kind of really happened fast. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, definitely. I, um, you know, I go back from time to time and I'll, I'll watch my old games and, you know, old film I have. And uh, it's, it's a, it's a steady progression. Um, And then you see the big leaps between, the last game of the, the season and the first game of the next, um, you know, the summer is where I, I develop a lot. Um, so you, you do see big jumps uh, from one season to the next, but I think every year, you know, I would say I'm almost like a, 
you know, I'm, I'm almost like a growth stock. I, I have a lot of room to grow. So every year you're seeing big jumps. Uh, it's not like I developed, you know, young, like a lot of guys and I'm going to mm-hmm. hit a peak. I, I still have a lot of room to grow uh, in all aspects of my game. And so that's, you know, those doing it, going the extra mile is going to help me a lot because I, I still, you know, I know I have room to grow, room to improve in, yeah. in all places. And that's the, the one thing you notice. So you brought up the mental game. Obviously, obviously that's why we're here talking to you. That's the, what the podcast is about. So what aspects of the mental game do you feel like um, you've really taken on well? What are some areas that you're looking to improve on? Help us understand kind of mentally where you're at. So I think the, the big thing was, uh, as, as you talk about, are the uncontrollables. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times um, I was thinking about the wrong things. And in a sense, I knew I was thinking about the wrong things, but mm. I didn't know how to stop or, or what I should be thinking about. Um, you know, there are the obvious things like go out there and score a goal and, you know, self-talk and stuff like that. But um, do it's about how you're doing it. So mm. what to what to tell yourself or what to think about uh, was the, the area I really needed to improve on. And I think I have uh, in, you know, in just a couple ses- sec- sessions, um, I've really learned, you know, what to think about and, um, you know, how that's going to help me. And, 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 you know, I have, I've noticed a a great improvement Mm -hmm. uh, through thinking about those things uh, during the game. One, one area I think I could improve on is, is preparation and not only for the game, but for every shift. Um, It's, it's a difficult time to do that because I don't have a routine now. I had a routine last year. I had a routine leading up to this year, but, with that's interesting with with covid man it's difficult we're we're allowed in the rink you know varying times some ranks are a little bit more lenient 45 minutes last year i got to the rink every every game an hour and a half early and i had a routine that i would go through from an hour and a half down to coach talking five minutes before the game and going onto the ice and now you know some games we're getting there 20 minutes before we gotta work out in the or warm up in the parking lot put on our gear and go. So yeah, that seems um, to be a pretty standard procedure that going on these days and, and something that I'm not sure if you and I've covered it yet, but I know I've covered it with lots of other hockey players is in these times we have to have different routines ready. So you're going to have to have a 20 minute routine, an hour routine, a two day routine, uh, and just be flexible that, okay, I may not have my full routine in, but all right, I got my five minute routine that I'm going to do. And that's going to be the best I can do for today and just be good with that. Exactly. And, and, and I have tried, you know, I have tried to develop stuff like that. I will say one thing that I, I think I am is flexible. Uh, not only in this year, I think it's helped me this year, but, mm. uh, you know, just going through hockey. Um, I've lived away from home for three years now and oh. um, flexibility is def- definitely something you have to do uh, to do the building process. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, I enjoy it a lot, but um, it's, it's not easy all the time. Right. So it's, it's definitely a skill that I've acquired through moving away from home and, and kind of growing up a little bit, uh, a little, a little earlier. I mean, moving right away from home at 16, I had actually just turned 16 was, um, you know, not the easiest thing in the world to do. So, yeah. Is there almost, um, have you found, you know, you said last year you, you'd get to the rink hour and a half before and all this time to prepare, um, you know, me just thinking, you know, even sometimes as a golfer and, and, and doc, you can smirk if you want, but th- there are times where I'll get to the course and I'll go through 
hour, hour and a half routine. I'll spend time at the range, short game, putting, go back to the range. Then we're out on the tee and I'll, I'll play terribly. Whereas sometimes, you know, gosh, you're running late from a meeting and you got a tee time. You arrive five minutes before, no warm up balls. You go out there and you shoot one of the best rounds of your life. Is there something to be said, you know, from time to time to not overthinking or over preparing can sometimes lead to better performance where you just, you're just relying on your natural instinct at that point. You have to perform. Without a doubt. I think the, you know, especially uh, on tournament weekends where we'll, we'll, we'll go away. We've been to this year, Philadelphia, Sioux Falls. Um, we've traveled to Sault Ste. Marie. Um, and we actually have a couple more trips planned. And those are the weekends where you really have to be flexible and you really have to adjust. And there are games where you're going to get there really late and you got to trust, you got to trust what you know. You got to trust your, you know, what you do in practice is going to translate to the game. And, you know, other than, you know, minor preparations, actually last weekend in Philly, we, uh, we ended up in a, in a locker room uh, that was too tiny for our team. And we actually had guys who had to dress outside. And those are the things that you just got to take it in stride. It, it's yeah. going to happen from time to time and you just got to deal with it. So, yeah. um, you know, it builds character. It does it without a doubt. It does. And, and, and it, there's, there's something to be said for, you know, for being able to, to take these things in stride because it's, yeah. you know, it's something that not everyone can do. That's right. Um, and, you know, I, I think it helps. Uh, we have a, we have a really supportive group on the team and, you know, we've got guys, um, I'm, I'm one of the leadership um, guys on the team, but I think, you know, we, we've got a good group of guys and for the guys who maybe aren't as, you know, easily adjusted to things like that, we've got a lot of guys who are supportive and, and can kind of aid in that experience because we got right. guys who have been through it and, you know, some guys who just need a little guidance. Sure. So you're, you're, we brought up character there and, and something I want to touch on is, uh, is a connection to uh, another guest we had on the show, uh, Graham Burke. And you guys met in kind of an interesting circumstance. And I think it's a great story that highlights both your characters, um, which then pushes you guys forward into your future goals, which we'll, t we'll touch on next. But tell, tell us the story about how you met Graham. Yeah, without a doubt. So, uh, so I was playing my, my second or my first year of U 16s. Uh, Graham's a year older than me. He's, he's an Oh one birth year. I'm an Oh two. Um, so I was playing my, my first year U 16s, uh, for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton junior pens, uh, playing 16 double A. And we had a, um, a makeup game to play, uh, an away game in Delaware. So, uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton area is Northeast Pennsylvania. It's about a, two and a half hour to three hour drive to uh to delaware where where graham was playing and so we had this makeup game to play and uh they weren't too happy about playing it as a makeup game we were we were on the lower end of the rankings they were on the upper end and they really didn't want to play the game uh. or, or that's that's the sense that we got at least so they scheduled it for 7 p.m on a sunday night <laughs> so we made a trip out of it we actually we uh one of the one of the dads on the team suggested we rent a bus, so we rented a bus, and we drove down to Delaware. And um, as I said, they were they were a better team than us, and uh, game ended up being pretty ugly. Um, Fights and yeah, and, and mm. towards the end of it, um, there were there were some scrums, there were some punches, and uh, at our age we couldn't fight, so it's really yeah. just you know swinging at cages. Um, <laughs> 
and uh, it was it was a heated game. And so at the end of the game, game's over. Um, believe the final score was six to one, and I actually I, I get to rub it in his face. I was the one to score the goal <laughs> uh, with with like three minutes left. Um, but their entire team left the ice, and the one who didn't was their goaltender. We played a very good game. We actually we, – we didn't get a ton of shots, but we had a lot of good chances. And they, so you're saying that the whole team did not stay on the ice to shake hands? Yes, the whole team. Okay. And, and this is pre-COVID time, so their entire yeah. team left the ice, didn't wow. shake our hands. Um, and, it's you know, it's obviously customary to do a handshake line after every game. Right. Um, and the, their goaltender, Medicine Center Ice, took off his mask and shook our hands. And, and that uh, was? We were, and that was Graham Burke. Mm. We, were, we were chatting him out for a little while, you know. Uh, we had actually talked to him on the way into the rink. We were we were walking with him. Me and three or four other guys were walking next wow. to him and talking a little bit. And uh, that was you know that was how I met Graham. That's and, a good story. Uh, from you know, very stand up kid. Um, yeah. And so fast forward two years uh, to not this past summer, but the summer before, um, at a, a tryout camp for the same team, the Amarillo Bulls, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, and I'm on a team with this kid, uh, who, you know, I, I recognized him and ah. it was Graham. Yeah, so I was talking to Graham and he told me, yeah, I'm going to play for CompuWare this year. And, uh, you know, be, me being a little bit new to, to hockey, I knew of, but I didn't know, you know, where they were, you know, how, what good it even was organization yeah. really or right where it was like yeah. playing out at USA hockey arena. I didn't really know all that. Uh, I just knew it was a name and I, I had heard it before. Okay. Uh, so, you know, end of the camp comes, I get in touch with the copywriter coaches and uh, first day mid, my parents and I are up in the, the pro shop at USA hockey arena, get my skate sharpened and, and walks Graham. Wow. And, what a small uh, world. Yeah. It's a very small world. And it was, uh, it's, you know, it's obviously a great story. Graham and I ended up working at uh Prani hockey world in Livonia last year together. <laughs> so we, okay. grew, we, we grew pretty close there and, you know, through all the practices, I roomed with him a couple times last year, and nice. Um, just a really great kid. We, we stay in touch. Obviously, he had he's had a lot of success this year. Yep. Um, and we're all you know we're all really happy for him. It and you know he's a stand up guy, but he's he's a hard worker. Gotcha. Kid works his kid works his butt off, and and he deserves every ounce of uh, success that he has. That's nice to hear. That's great. Yeah. So. Next steps, I guess, you know, for you, what, what are the, uh, some of the goals, things you want to accomplish, things you maybe have written down, uh, you know, that you're, you're trying to, uh, trying to check off here in the near future? Well, for me, I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's a different year as far as, uh, you know, normally uh, I'd be, you know, finishing up the season, looking to go to junior camps. Uh, most of the time guys, you know, go skate and go and skate with junior teams throughout the year to, you know, get a sense of what the atmosphere is like, meet the coaches, meet some of the players and stuff like that. But uh, this year it's, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, so my goals next year are, are to play junior hockey. Um, you know, North American league is, is where I've, I've tried out for a couple of different teams uh, and I'm hoping to land somewhere there. And then after that, it's, it's college. Um, it's, it's an interesting, like I got into hockey um because of obviously me watching it. But the reason I took the step, uh, the commitment to, to billeting and playing high level hockey was actually because we, my family in Wilkes-Barre uh, billeted for the local junior team. 
So we had a kid from Farmington Hills, mm, Michigan, right. who came and came and billeted with us. And his family was actually my first billet family last year. Wow. Uh, I stayed with them all of last year. So it, it really, man, hockey really like the small world thing just yeah. comes together with hockey. It's wow. everyone knows everyone. It, the connections are, are sometimes crazy. Like I, like I said, with Graham and, you know, their son lived with us and then I, I ended up living with their family. Um, but seeing, seeing the way they were, we ended up building for five years. Um, and we've had a ton of different guys come through the house and, um, quite a few of them from Michigan actually, but wow, that makes sense. Um, you know, seeing, seeing what it was like, I, you know, I remember I was, uh, Spencer and I had some, uh, heated ping pong matches <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, he was there, he was only with us for three weeks. He ended up getting traded and we got another player that year, but, um, you know, me as a 13 year old kid, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I was like, this oh, is that's awesome. amazing. Yeah. So well, that's what really pushed me to take the next step and, and, you know, really, really commit to this. So, um, gotcha. you know, I see what they have done now. We've had a bunch of players go on to play D one, a couple, couple goaltenders who went on to play D one, a lot of guys who ended up playing or, or are currently playing division three hockey. And so that's the goal. I want to play competitive hockey for as long as I can. I mean, that's, that's anyone's Sounds goal good. who, that is involved great. In sports. They just want to play their sport for as long as they can. So. I agree 100%. Keep playing until they rip the jersey off your back until you can't do it anymore. Exactly. And yeah. then you can play golf. That's right. Right, exactly. Right. I'll, I'll be playing golf for the rest of my life. My, my grandfather go. was the one who got my dad into golf, and my dad got me into it, and my grandfather played until he until he died. He, wow. He, awesome. played, he, was, he was 86, and he went to Hilton Head every every year in the winter, and he would play, play golf. He, he would go down there for – two months and golf like every other day. Well, it's definitely something you can do forever. So we really appreciate you being on Josh. This is a lot of fun getting to know you a little bit better. And I think the inspiration and the stories you're telling about the travels and uh, the mental side, how important it is. I think it's going to help a lot of our young listeners. So we really do appreciate uh, you sharing some time with us today. Well, I appreciate you having me on. This is, this was fun. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks coach. Thank you for listening to the Rising Champions podcast. Please subscribe and join us again next week for another episode.